Good evening. Happy Monday. Happy 4th of July. This is Talking Sports with Evan. I want to thank you for uh, spending some time listening, watching uh, the show here today. Um, lots to discuss. The uh, Brewers halfway point of the season as of yesterday and the official well, official halfway point, even though the All-Star break is the unofficial halfway point. But through yesterday, 81 games in, 81 games or now 80 games to go with the victory today um, with the Brewers and I'm going to talk a little bit about where the Brewers stand right now at this halfway point. How are we feeling about the Brewers right now? Are we excited? Are we happy? Are we nervous? And what would you like to see the Brewers do between now and the trade deadline to try to help them improve this team between now and the trade deadline? What would you like to see them do? The Milwaukee Bucks have been making moves. Um, They've, well, I say making moves, but for the most part, they brought back their own guys. The exception of uh, Joe Inglis, they brought brought back their own guys to make another run at an NBA championship. Uh, I'm a believer in the fact that if Chris Middleton never gets hurt against Chicago, the Bucks are likely back-to-back NBA champions. I know they had their issues last season or this past season, even with Middleton. But looking at, you know, taking Boston to seven, uh, the way the Heat looked um, against Boston, and then with Golden State, who would have matched up against Giannis? Um, nobody. I think they would have been the back-to-back NBA champions if Middleton never gets hurt. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the roster, what it looks like now, and how it compares to the rest of the NBA. Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams. He lost. Um, he lost Devontae Adams. He lost MVS. Uh, the question is, what do the Packers do to get the football spread around? They they don't have uh, you know, they have Randall Cobb uh, returning from last year, Lazard returning from last year uh, as their leading receivers. Uh, Robert Tanyan coming off the injured list, uh, the uh, injured reserve after tearing his ACL. He's he's expected to be back by week one, according to him. Um, but outside of those three. Um, you don't really have much in the wide receiver tight end room. Um, you got the Gara, you got Daphne, you got Davis at tight end. And then you have a bunch of young guys, second year Amari Rogers. Uh, and then your draft, you have Sammy Watkins, who you just brought in. You have Christian Watson, Ro- Ro- Romeo Dubs. Question is, where does Rogers get his numbers from? Who does he throw the ball to? So that's pretty much going to be talking sports with Evan today. Brewers, Bucks, Packers, which is typically what I try to stick to. Um, occasionally throw some national stories in and whatnot, but that's pretty much what I'm going to stick to today. Um, first thing, though, I want to say is uh, condolences to the families affected by the shooting in Highland Park um, at the parade. Um, thankfully, they do have the suspect now in custody, and it's getting way too common to hear about these shootings, um, to be perfectly honest. It's, it's getting way too often. Um, and I don't know what needs to be done. I don't know how we can fix it, but something needs to be done besides just, quote, thoughts and prayers. And I'm just going to leave that there. Um, but, you know, we, we need to do better as a country. Um, this guy apparently had a lot of red flags uh, that states he probably should not have had a firearm whatsoever. But, you know, most of the Republicans in power don't like red flag laws, so we can't have red flag laws. So. Um, but stuff needs to change, and I'm just glad they did catch the guy. And 
Um, I hope he, uh, you know, spends the rest of his life in, in prison like he deserves. So, but moving on to the Brewers. So the Milwaukee Brewers last year at this point, sorry, I need to find my notepad. Last year, the Milwaukee Brewers at this point were 48 and 33. In 2019, they were 47 and 44. And after their win yesterday against the Pirates, the 2 nothing win, they're at 46 and 35. Now they're at 47 and 35. And so the, the Brewers aren't that far off from what we've seen these last couple of years. And I, I don't bring up the 2020 season because it was a, a shortened season um, because COVID. They started late. Actually, just about this time two years ago is when the season was starting during COVID. And the Brewers, um, you know, made the playoffs that year, too. But it's kind of can't compare the halfway point between this year um, and last, you know, this year and that year. So that's why I left out 2020 because they didn't play 81 games. So 46 and 33. Omar Nevias is the batting, uh, the batting average leader, batting 258 coming into today. On base percentage is Yelich at 348 coming into today. Uh, slugging is Hunter Renfro at 490 coming into today, and he's on the IL currently. Hopefully, he comes back soon to improve this lineup. Um, Rowdy Telez is the OPS and OPS plus leader at 796 and 120. He's the home run leader tied with Willie Adamas with 16, and Telez is also the RBI leader at 53. Pitching, Corbin Burns leads the way, tied with uh, Brandon Woodwork with seven wins. Hater's the ERA leader at 105 and saves his hater at 25. And, you know, he didn't get the blow. He did give up a uh, inside the park home run today, which you can't really blame Josh Hader for the inside the park home run. Um, if Davis plays it off the wall better, it's likely only a double. And we probably have a tied game going into the bottom of the ninth instead of down by one run. But Unfortunately, we had the inside the park home run because Davis doesn't know how to play the ball off the wall at Ampham Field, and we get the inside the park home run. Um, but where I'm at right now with the Brewers, I like where the Brewers are right now. Um, I think they're exactly where they need to be. Um, they obviously have warts that they need to improve. Um, outfield, one of them. I, I like Tyrone Taylor, and I think he brings you a, bu- a bunch uh you know, with his defense getting better and his bat. Um, but I still think you could improve in the outfield. Um, I think relying on Tyrone Taylor um, right now is going to, it's too much. Uh, Tyrone Taylor um, currently on the IL with the uh, concussion, but he has played in 62 of the 82 games. He's had 231 plate appearances. 215 at-bats, and he has 23 runs scored and 49 hits. He's batting 228, 277, 423, 793 with 91 total bases. So that's base uh, batting average, um, uh, um, on-base percentage, slugging, OPS, and OPS plus is what I just ran through. Um, He is currently... He's currently ninth on the team right now with his batting average of 228. The only one uh, regular that batting average is lower than him right now is Willie Adamas. And I trust Willie Adamas is going to get red hot again. 
Um, Adamas has struggled at the plate, um, struggled with that ankle. I think Willie Adamas, we're going to see him get red hot again. Um, he has a track record um, with last year to turn it around. Tyrone Taylor, I don't know. We we don't really know what Tyrone Taylor can do over a full, full 162 games. And if you're not in a playoff race, you give him the full, uh, the rest of the season when healthy, playing center and uh, pretty much right or left, wherever you're putting him that particular day, you play him every day and see what you have with him. But at this point, you know, you're, you're trying to win the division against the Cardinals. Um, you're now two and a half up on the Cardinals, hopefully three games up after the Braves. Uh, as, a, as I haven't seen if that game's over yet or not. But as I saw, the Braves were winning. Um, you you, you got to do better in the outfield. Um, Renfro coming back is going to help. But you got Davis and you got you, know, you got Davis and you got uh, Taylor splitting time in in the uh, in the outfield right now. And Davis has been not very good. He doesn't have enough at bats to qualify for um, baseball reference. But ultimately, you 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 got to do better than Davis. Davis has played in thirty uh, ten games, has thirty four plate appearances. And he's batting 207, slugging 207, on base percentage is 324, OPS is 530, and his OPS plus is 54. He, he, he's just not very good. He had a nice hot start when he came in for Lorenzo Cain after they reached the agreement to waive Lorenzo Cain, uh, designate him for assignment. He had a great stretch, but he's not getting it done now. And you have to do better in center field. Andrew McCutcheon can play there on occasion. You saw he finished out the game today against the Cubs in center field. But you got to do better in the outfield, especially center field. You know, Taylor, if he can get red hot and show consistency with the bat, great. Um, I've been, my thought process when Lorenzo Cano is around is when Tyrone Taylor's bat over value overtakes the value of uh, Lorenzo Cano's defense. Then you have to play um, Tyrone every day. But now the bat's struggling again. And now he's on the IL, and you're stuck with Davis pretty much being your your everyday uh, your everyday center fielder, and he's just not that good. But that's who you're stuck with. And I think center field is a position the Brewers really need to look at to try to upgrade. I think Tyrone Taylor playing in a – uh, a, a a platoon or splitting time is best for him. Uh, before going on the IL, he was batting 261 with 320 on base, 435 slugging, so better. One home run, two RBIs, though, so he's not really driving in runs. But you need, you know, Andrew McCutcheon can't do it every day, and he's more of a right a DH and occasionally playing right field right now with Davis, uh, splitting time with Jace Peterson. So you need to improve that outfield. The outfield depth was a plus coming into the season, but Hunter Renfro has now spent time on the DL twice. Um, Lorenzo Cain is gone. Um, Tyrone Taylor is up and down with the bat, very inconsistent overall. And I think you can do better come uh, September, October when you need that base hit. Jace Peterson is good in the uh, bench role coming off the bench. He, he's not someone you want in the outfield every day, um, but he's going to have to get more and more playing time with Tyrone Taylor and Renfro both on the IL. But I think center field 
is probably the best place I want to see the Brewers make a move. Um, not really sure what's out there for the most part as options, but the Brewers do have a surplus of catchers in the minor leagues. They have a surplus of outfielders in the minor leagues that they can get a major league proven player to play center field. And I think this is a year David Stearns and Mark Antanasio need to make a move. They, they've uh, dabbed their toes in the water past couple years for potential major moves, but this year, a minor move, I don't think is going to cut it with the outfield that you have. Um, you need somebody more reliable, I think, than Tyrone. And I, I, I don't mean I, I like Tyrone as that uh, fifth, uh, the fourth outfielder, but I don't. I would rather have him be that fourth outfielder that can spell spell anybody because he was excelling in that role, and he hasn't excelled as much in that everyday role. Um, but for those listening, those watching. Uh, if you, I want to know what do you want the Brewers to do uh, going into the trade deadline? Improve the outfield, improve the bullpen, improve the infield. What do you want to see them do? They can't do everything. I think improving the bullpen is a priority too, because you have three, three shutdown guys in the bullpen that you know you can trust, and Boxberger and Hader and Devin Williams. The injury to Freddie Peralta hurts your bullpen a little bit for the fact that Ashby needs to be a, 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 a constant starter now instead of being that sixth starter who is in and out of the rotation, depending on how things are going. And now you have Adrian Hauser hurt with an elbow. And anytime you have an elbow, you always worry about what could it, you know, the Tommy John. And he's had Tommy John surgery before. And you always wonder anytime you have a pitcher with an elbow injury, you always wonder if Tommy John issue is going to be next. Thankfully, no structure or damage shown with the elbow. Brewers dodged the bullet there, and he, and I, I thought he was probably going to be out for the rest of the season. We'll see if he's able to come back within the 15 days of being on the IL and he can get back in the rotation. I know he's been struggling, and maybe some time uh, time away um, dealing with the injury. Maybe he's able to get it together. Maybe he's able to figure it out, and maybe he's able to get back to the Hauser. Um, that can pitch pretty well. And he, he's not a great pitcher. I, I, I'll be the first to admit that. Adrian Hauser is not a great pitcher, but he's a solid, reliable guy that can traditionally eat innings, the, they, uh, throw a lot of pitches. The problem is you're asking him to be a stopper. You're asking him to be a number, as I talked about on last week's show, you're asking Adrian Hauser to be a number two or number three for you right now. Well, now we're number three with Woodworth back, but you're asking him to be a two or a three in order to, uh, you know, kind of serve that role instead of being the back end of the rotation guy. And that's where Adrian Hauser is best served. He's best served being a back end of the rotation guy, that four or that five, preferably that five. Eric Lauer had a great start today. He had been struggling recently. He had one bad pitch that went into the stands, but he struck out nine. And he looked like the Eric Lauer from earlier this season. Hopefully that's what we see more of uh, moving forward. That That's what I hope to see. Um, I think starting pitching the Brewers are fine, but the bullpen, as I just mentioned, they got three very, very reliable guys in Boxberger, Williams, and Hayter, um, or I should say more than reliable, guys that you can count on, depend on. Boxberger showed it today. Um, get you know he got the bases loaded, but he got a big strikeout uh, to end the inning 
uh, two big strikeouts to really end that inning. Should have had uh, uh, been out of the inning sooner, but the the strike zone all of a sudden got different. Um, but that's besides the point. Um, Gustave pitched well today. Um, got his pitch decent at times. Colby Miner, I'm not going to trust come playoff time, but he's been, you know, been a guy. I think you got to find another arm in that bullpen. Suter, Suter. He, he's good to put in if you have a big lead or you're down big and you need to eat some innings. <laughs> um, or if you have an injury like you have with Adrian Hauser and you need to eat some innings because you don't want to burn through your bullpen. I, I think Suter is great in that role, but he's not a guy you want in high leverage situations. I think the Brewers need at least one more guy in that high leverage situation. Um, somebody that can step into the sixth inning and get a big out. And that was Ashby, but now he has to be at every day, uh, every five day starter with the way the rotation looks right now. But I, I, I like where the Brewers are. Um, they're a good baseball team. I, I see a lot of people on social media talk about how they're not a good baseball team. But that's a lie. The Brewers are a good baseball team. They have their flaws, just like almost every other team in Major League Baseball. They've been dealing with injuries, just like almost every other team in Major League Baseball. But I think the Brewers are starting to trend in the right direction offensively um, at this point. And I got to find it. But Matt Pauley, who does Brewers Extra Innings uh, post-game show, he had posted yesterday um talking about the offense for the brewers i gotta see if i can find it so give me one second um so valley sports wisconsin showed this uh on their screen two days ago that since june 25th the brewers are first uh june 15th since june 15th the brewers are first in runs per game First, tied for first in home runs, first in extra base hits, and first in OPS. The offense is starting to click. The batting average is starting to get better. And Christian Yelich has been an outstanding leadoff hitter for this team. And I know you're paying him that much money because you're looking to have him drive in runs. That's what you pay Yelich $25 million, 20 whatever million a year for. But he's found his role which is that leadoff spot. And Yelich is doing a very good job as that leadoff hitter, and he's continuing to get on base. As I mentioned, he leads the team in on-base percentage. He draws a lot of walks. He's getting base hits. Yes, we want to see extra base hits. Yes, we want to see home runs. But this is probably what Yelich needs right now to potentially become that uh, extra base hit machine that he was back in 2018, back in – you know, 2019. I don't know if he's ever going to get fully back to that role, but the role that Yelich is doing right now, the role that Yelich is serving in right now is exactly what the Brewers need um, at this particular moment. He gets on base. The one thing I do want to see, I mentioned Telez being the uh, OPS, OPS plus home run tied and RBI leader for the Brewers. And I get you got to give other guys playing time, but Tolaz needs to play more. He's earned it. And what I think they need to do, 
at this point right now is anytime Andrew McCutcheon's playing in the outfield, you should have Keston Hira be the DH. And I know people are groaning hearing that, but Hira's been much better as of late. I, I just want to see Keston Hira in the lineup more often against right-handed hitters. Um, Hira is destroying right-handed hitting. And I, I know you, you groan when you hear that name, but he is doing well against right-handed hitting. But Council typically only plays him against left-handed hitters, and he's not playing that well against left-handed hitters. And I know it's backwards. It should be the opposite. He should dominate left-handed hitting and not do well against right, you know, but he's the opposite. And anytime McCutcheon's in the outfield, especially if there's a right-handed hitter pitching, I want to see Keston Hero DHing. Because one of two things, I've talked about it before um, when they were dealing with injuries, um, with when they brought Hira up when they were dealing with injuries, I said he needs to play DH uh, or he needs to play every day until guys like Hunter Renfro came back. And I think at this point, again, he needs to play every day until Hunter Renfro can come back just so you can either A, get him in a, a more consistent rhythm with that bat and you can, it's going to benefit you offensively or B, you get his bat more of an off- offensive rhythm, and you can use him as a trading chip to try to improve a spot in the outfield. So where are you at with the Brewers right now? How are we feeling with the Brewers record? Uh, they beat the Cubs in extra innings today with a Victor Caratini uh, three-run home run, walk-off home run to end it. I still don't like the the runner starting on second base rule in, in baseball and extras, but... Um, they they loaded they got two men on uh, got another batter on and then Car- two outs Caratini um, ended the game for the Brewers. So moving on to the Bucks. So the Bucks have made some moves, and as I mentioned, most of it is bringing guys back. Um, Wes Matthews is back. They brought him back on a deal. Bobby Portis, surprise to nobody, is back and. I saw the rumor circulating after Porter's opted out that, oh, Golden State's going to sign him to a two-year contract. I didn't buy it. Bobby Portis loves Milwaukee. He loves the city. He loves the fans. He loves the team. He's very grateful for what has happened in Milwaukee up to this point, um, Going now going into year three with the Bucks. He's very grateful for that. And... It was going to take a lot to get Bobby Portis out of Milwaukee. And the Bucks paid him, and he earned it. And now we get at least three, if not four more years of Bobby Portis, which I think is great. He's continuing to improve, especially on the defensive end. Just needs to be a little more consistent in the playoffs against Boston. He was offensively, he was off. Um, but he's a guy that is continuing to improve. Um, they brought back Javon Carter, and I hope Javon Carter gets more more playing time uh, next season. I, I, I think he should have played more against Boston in those George Hill minutes. Um, I, I know George Hill is a Bud guy. He's been around Bud for a long time. I get that. I understand that. But in my in my opinion, I think uh, Javon I think Javon Carter earned those minutes, and it's fitting that. After he got pulled out in um, the rotation, sorry about that. After he got pulled out of the rotation, 
the Bucks didn't win another game. The Bucks struggled to win games after that. Um, George Hill struggled. George Hill got destroyed on the defensive end where he's supposed to quote excel. Um, but he de- he struggled, and I I honestly think those minutes should have went to Carter, and I think Carter is a guy that should uh, get hopefully get more playing time this year. Um, I the Joe Ingles I like he can play uh, he can play you know he can play the the shooting the uh, small forward he can be a small power forward he can uh, shoot the ball he can catch and shoot he can shoot off the dribble and he's a wing guy that the Bucks were struggling not having when Middleton went out. Not saying he's going to be Middleton, but he just gives you another option that you can throw out there when he's healthy to hopefully uh, score some baskets and whatnot for you. Um, they also brought back Serge Ibaka. And on paper, it's like a head scratcher. And why are we bringing him back? We barely played him last year um, when we traded for him. Ultimately, he was an insurance policy in case Brooke Lopez didn't come back. But now, Serge Ibaka is going to be that guy that spells uh, Brooke Lopez in the regular season to play center. So guys such as you know Giannis or Bobby Portis don't have to play the five as much. Uh, you, you're going to keep Lopez fresh. You can give him a lot of you know Ubaka a lot of minutes, especially early on in the regular season. So. Brooke Lopez can uh, kind of start, you know, work building up the minutes per game. So by the end of the season, he's uh, getting those those minutes. But I like what the Bucks did. The Bucks didn't need wholesale changes in order to compete. I'm a believer, and I know I'm probably wearing my Milwaukee Bucks gr- green glasses, Homer. Uh, Homer of the team can do no wrong. I never criticize anything whatsoever. Uh, but I think that with a help with Middleton never getting hurt, and I said it with, on my last show, and I'm saying it again, if Middleton never gets hurt against Chicago, the Milwaukee Bucks are back-to-back NBA champions. I'm a strong believer in that. That Middleton knee injury killed Milwaukee. That killed Milwaukee in the playoff series against Boston because they didn't, they needed just one more offensive threat to get through Boston. Giannis did everything he possibly could have done on the offensive end. They needed one more threat on the offensive end with Middleton and they would have won, they would have won that series against Boston and they would have beat the heat. And I feel they would have beat Golden State. So I like what the Bucks have done. They didn't need wholesale changes. I said it at the end of the season on a show, and I'll say it again. They did not need wholesale changes in order to get the team back to being playoff contender. Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis have yet to lose a playoff series together. They are a, a really good big three, and I think you just keep it together and see what you know, see what happens this year. And if it does, if they fall short this season, or it looks like they may, then it's up to John Horse to to work his magic in order to get the Bucks what they need in order to um, get back to the NBA Finals if they can. So, finally, Green Bay Packers, and 
we're getting close to training camp. Training camp is, uh, we're in the month of July. Training camp is starting this month. And the Packers had some changes in the wide receiver room. Devontae Adams is in Oakland, which Brett Favre doesn't think Adams is going to get the same productivity in Oakland. I mean, I'm sorry, not Oakland, Las Vegas. Um, Favre doesn't think uh, Adams is going to get the same productivity in Vegas, which I'll talk about momentarily too, which I I kind of agree with the statement. Like on the surface, you might get – you know, overreact and think he's he's trashing Adams if you just look at a surface level. But I think if you go deeper, he's not wrong. Um, and then MVS is in Kansas City. Uh, so two guys that contributed a lot to the Packers offense the last couple of years. MVS being the deep threat. Adams catching everything else are gone. And the question is, who's going to take those? Who's going to get those targets? Who's going to get those catches? And I think... Um, I think Sammy Watkins is going to be one of those guys early that Rodgers is going to depend on. He's a veteran. I think Rodgers is going to look to go to him. Alan Lazard is back um, after he didn't sign his tender right away, his second-round tender right away. He's back with the Packers trying to earn himself some big money. I think that's somebody Rodgers is going to go to a lot. Randall Cobb is somebody Rodgers is going to go to a lot early on. I think the Packers are going to use – Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon a lot more in the passing game. Um, 2019, 2019, the Packers used uh, Aaron Jones quite a bit in the passing game. And I think we're going to go back to using uh, Aaron Jones a lot in the passing game. And I think we're going to see A.J. Dillon use more in the running game. So that's the way that they're going to distribute the targets too. And Robert Tanyan is looking like he's going to be back for week one. And he's going to be a threat that Rodgers is going to look for as well. And if the Packers can get him open like they did in 2020, he's a guy that's going to be a threat. I think as the year goes on, I think your your Christian Watson and your Romeo Dobbs is going to, uh, you know, be be key players for this team. Dobbs especially on special teams, but I think that's kind of where they're going to distribute the targets early on. Is your Watkins, your your Lazard, your Cobb, and your Tanyan with the running backs? But as the season goes on, and we know Sammy Watkins can't play more than a couple games without getting hurt, and Randall Cobb's due for at least one injury this season, I think you're going to see the other guys, uh, the the rookies, and Watson and Dobbs start getting a lot more targets. So, with that said, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate it. I'm going to. Uh, get back at you either later this week or um, early next week. Talk more Brewers baseball, talk uh, other position groups in Green Bay. Next week we'll be focusing more on the defense. The defense is getting a lot of hype right now. Um, And well, let me, there's one topic I forgot that I was going to, I just said I was going to talk about. Brett Favre is stating that Devontae Adams numbers are probably going to be, uh, not as productive in Las Vegas as it was in Green Bay. Uh, but th- that's kind of obvious because, first of all, Derek Carr is not as good of a quarterback as Aaron Rodgers. So that's one thing right there. <clears throat> and the other thing you got to look at, trying to, to figure out, um, you know, what Adam's going to do in Vegas, is they got other weapons in Las Vegas' offense that's going to take targets away from Adams as well. They got Waller at tight end. 
They got uh, the other Hunter Renfro at uh, slot receiver. Those, and then they got a pretty good running game too. And those things are going to take the ball away uh, from Adams. And we saw the Patriots' offense with Josh McDaniels as offensive coordinator. It was a week to week thing on who was leading the team in receptions, and he's he he tends to, you know, game to game focus on one receiver or another, and that's probably what McDaniel's is going to do. So, with that said, back to what I was saying. I'll get back at you later this week or early next week. We're going to talk Packers defense, continue to talk Brewers, and we'll go from there. So, you've been listening to Talking Sports or watching Talking Sports with Evan on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. And you're welcome to follow me on Twitter at Evan Witt Sports. You're welcome to like my Facebook group, uh, Talking Sports with Evan. And I'll get back at you later.